1: I've still got a lot of respect for the timers because they, they they gave me this opportunity to come back home to be with my parents and you know I think there's there's a lot of good years ahead for them and, and they they look like they have got a sense of direction and, and a plan there which is, you know, good for the club and for the young boys there, um, to get them better. But, you know, at that time it was pretty difficult the two years there, just just in the sense of not knowing what was going on and not knowing how how to play footy to be honest. So yeah. Um, rock bottom, and they told me, you know, the last game that I had no contract, um, i go on and look for a club, and yeah, I think most of the clubs were all taken up because of, um, you know, it was at the back end of the year, and they needed, teams needed to know their roster before they started pre-season in November, so and, um, there was a few tough days there, a few, few times where I didn't really sleep because I just didn't know what I was doing, and I was just trying to... Um, through my head that you know maybe I will have to start working a nine to five job and there was, was pretty scary times you know being at twenty four not that yet to go back to work but that's you know, reality and that's the way you know life works and I was I was just really disappointed in myself because I wish you know I had I had the opportunity again I I, I said I promised myself that you know if I do get the opportunity again I'm not going to let it slip and yeah I'm just thankful that the uh, the storms you know asked me to come down for a train and trial.
0: Mate, we'll get to Melbourne in a moment. You mentioned a few sleepless nights there. A year later, there'd be a lot more sleepless nights for very different reasons. But when you were (laughs) at the Gold Coast (laughs) and you were going back to reserve grade, from memory, you were playing for the Burley Bears, weren't you? Yep. Yep. So what was it like walking back to Burley? I mean, you've come through, you've played two years Toyota Cup, you've been at three or four clubs, you've been successful, you've scored a number of tries in a number of games. What was it like going back to Burley? You know, is it... Was there a good environment there? Were you enjoying it? Was it a bit of a pain? Was it a chore? Like, what 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 were the feelings around that?
1: It was actually um, really enjoyable. Um, you know, the coach and the 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 players at, at the at the club were awesome. You know, um, thing that's for sure is that you know they play you know tough and good footy, but they also love to to have a drink after the game after a tough game. And um, one thing I liked about Burley is that you know what they did they had fun. So I wasn't going back there thinking that you know it's going to be a punish or um, you know I can't be doing this because it was actually a, a good environment and, and a fun environment. You know, um, because I were there, well, mostly guys that you know have, have played first grade and have just gone back to work and really signed it once so It was it was pretty professional in the sense of you know they had standards and you know that's probably why they're one of the elite Q Cup teams. You know, at the moment is because you know they've got standards and. They, they play hard footy, but they also like to 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 you know have a good good time off the field too. But I never went back there thinking, what "Am I doing here?" Or this is like I can't be doing this. Like at the end of the day, I just accepted it, and you know, as long as I'm playing footy, I was happy. But um, just me personally, knowing that you know this could be my last time playing first grade, that's what was was killing me. Um, and that's what I was having a sleepless night of knowing that, you know, something that I grew up doing and I trained so hard for in the early years of my life, just give it away because, you know, played some footy under, you know, some, some, uh, yeah, hard, hard coaching.
0: <laughs> Mate, obviously the opportunity of a lifetime, it'll come about soon. And, it starts with you signing with the East Tigers. And I remember sitting on my phone when I got that notification you'd signed and just going, fuck, this is where it begins. This is the pathway to Melbourne. And I sort of I posted about it straight away. And, you know, the amount of people that sort of said, oh, he's a reserve grader. He can't defend. He can't do this, mate. Like there was just every reason in the world why you wouldn't make it in the Melbourne system. Were yeah. you, did you have any worries yourself? Were you a bit nervous about the whole thing?
1: I wasn't nervous about my ability to play footy. I was just nervous about how hard they trained and what they did to, to fit in. And I just remember the assistant coach of the Titans that end up taking over Garth when they sacked him. Cudgers was the head coach of East the following year and down to trial out for the Rebels Union. And like I was actually pretty keen on that because I just thought I needed to walk away from the game and. You know, maybe union was a sport that I, I could actually play good at but obviously probably one of the hardest decisions was to walk away from the game but you know that actually like made me love the sport again because i just seen how i was to adapt to play union and not understand one thing about that sport and you know that 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 made me understood that you know um you know i am a league player and i'm you know this is what i'm i'm born to do and this is what I, I want to be good at and this is what I was i was here for was to play rugby league and um, Hodges rang me up. Um, I was having a beer with my mate and he rang me up and he said, mate, how fast can you get to um, Langlands Park? And I said, oh, I, don't, I actually don't want to play. Like, I'll, I'll have a year off this year. I don't want to come and play Q Cup and whatnot. And he goes, nah, if you come here now, we'll, you'll sign with us and we'll fly you straight to Melbourne the next day. And I was just like,
0: Right. Hold on, yeah. hold on. You're you're having a beer with a mate and a bit of a pity yeah. party, and he rings yeah. you with an opportunity and, and you respond with you're considering not playing.
1: Yeah. And next thing you know, you sign with Melbourne. So Fire I went out. to I went to Langlands Park and signed it. And the assistant coach at the Broncos right now, um not cartwright, um Terry Madison.
0: Yep.
1: Took Terry Madison's hand, you know, signed the um, contract and he, he booked my flight to Melbourne. He just said, here, mate, um, you're going to get an email of your flight details tomorrow morning, first thing in the morning you're off straight to Melbourne. And I literally haven't unpacked since coming back from Union, Melbourne Rebels. So I just zipped my suitcase back up <laughs> and my parents dropped me off at the airport and I was off. Um, the rest is history. And Mate, imagine yeah. if you
0: took a year off, you dickhead.
1: Imagine that. Yeah, I know. Um, it was a sign that, you know. I can't I can't explain the feeling on the plane going to Melbourne. I just knew you know, this is it like Melbourne can't change it, no no one can. <laughs> Literally, like you know, Melbourne are you know one of the greatest organizations in and you know sports in Australia and things down there that, you know, most clubs don't really know yet and um going down there I was just like fuck like this is it but Meeting Craig Bellamy for the first time, he was just sitting there chilling on the the van when we were doing skill, uh, uh, speed and skill and he was just like, "Gary, to even look at <laughs> But he was so nice, like, you know, he he, he, he didn't like walk up to you, and, you know, say "How you going, mate?" He like introduced his name, like Craig Bellamy. "How you going?" Like, like, he was a real man's man. Like the first impression of him was like, "Wow!" Like he, you could tell he's a real. Honest, hard working bloke, you know, just the way he presented himself. And yeah, it was it was pretty scary, like in the sense of what was to come.
0: Mate, you mentioned there Melbourne, obviously they're different to other systems. You've you've been in your fair share of systems. What makes Melbourne different for you? What's the what's you know, if you were to write a handbook for other clubs, what they need what what's the thing that Melbourne does that you don't see any other clubs doing? I I I don't know if it's possible for you to put into words, but I want you to have a crack at it.
1: They yeah, just do the the simple things really well, like pass, um, attention to detail, uh, hands to target, like just every little simple thing you can think of. They do it really well, like ridiculous well. Like that's just bread and butter, and that's before you get into other things. You have to be good at that before you want to progress into this. But I think one thing that Melbourne, you know, do well that I really like got the best out of myself and I think I can still improve on and get way better at is you know like they just work together well defensively have structures in place that you know how to defend but obviously everyone can tackle and everyone can do this that otherwise you won't be playing first grade. but what make what makes them different from one is they just work harder the little things in attack and in defense which makes your job so much simpler they just simplify your job and just make you do your job at the best, you know, whatever, whatever your job is, they just want you to do it at the best of your ability. And that's all you have to do.
0: And mate, the reality is everyone's got strengths and weaknesses in their game. For me yeah. watching you for the last 10 years in attack, you know, your, your, your strengths there are endless, you know, the offload, yeah. the, the strike that you've got, but defensively, you know, it's the elephant in the room. You have had defensive issues over the years and, like, was that yeah. starting to rattle your confidence a little bit or what, what, what was the go? Like,
1: like I could, like, like, everyone can tackle and everyone can defend, but it was just the sense of not knowing, not working together. Yep. Not yep. knowing what your inside man's going to do, not knowing what your outside man's going to do. and Obviously, you're just going to get found out. That's just the reality of it. Like, if you're not working together, something's going to break down in that chain. And one thing that, you know, um, we, we do really well at the storms. Is we work together as an edge, and you know, that's what made me defend. You know, best I've ever defended in my career. And you know, I've, I've, yeah, I've had my defensive issues and my defensive reads, but I started understanding football in the sense of you know where we are on the field. Is it, is it right to jam? Is it you know? Is it like I oh, know that you know my half's going to check and give me time to go man on or I know he's going to get stuck on the lead. i got to jam because, you know, he's not going to get out on time. So just things like that I learned at Melbourne and it just made me so much easier and so much clearer in my head that it just got to a point where it was just like a habit. Like you didn't have to think anymore. You sort of knew where we are on the field and how they're going to run, like how the team's running their shape. You sort of knew my half's going to get out. So I've got time to let him his man then go to the fullback and then i can go man on or you know i've got time to know that maybe he's not going to get it he's going to hold like, on the lead so i've got a jam and then my wing is following me so you know as long as we're working together the melbourne are happy with that and i think that's one thing we really mastered in the back end of the year with our edges we just started working not mastered but we got better at like we started working together really well and you know, um it's the raiders you know they their left edge of Jackie Warren and Croker um, was, you know, one of the best left edge with Penrith. And, and that's one thing we, we really pr- prided ourselves on was to defend Will. And you know, I think, you know, um, winning the grand final was, says everything for us how we defended and how we are as a team and how, how our middle thirds are, they work harder than else in the field, which makes our job on the edge really easy. So, um, that's one thing I really learned at Melbourne was to work work together with my, with the guys around me. And when when someone makes a decision, we back them up. You know, there's not there's not a wrong or right decision. Is if I jam and and that's not right, my wing is jamming with me, so he's going to fix it up. If if my half doesn't like check and I'm not jamming, I'll still give him time to, to to try and get to him. Like you know, like we all work together, and that's one that's that's how I became you know a, a lot better defender consistently. But as consistently there, like I, I try to defend, you know, as consistent as possible because can't have two good games of defending well and then three bad games of not defending well. You know, it's all about consistency at Melbourne, and that's one thing we we really pride ourselves on was being D, D consistently.
0: And mate, like I, I, I've seen you play a number of fantastic games over the years, but for me, that semi final against Canberra that's the best game I've ever seen you play. Like you just, you shut down Jared Croker and Jack Wyden all night. You must've been extremely proud of yourself walking off that field that night.
1: Yeah. Well, I just remember we played them in Canberra that same, that, that, um, you know, months earlier. And I, I had a, that was my first game back from my um little terror I had in my hammy and I had a shocker and, that was one thing that I really wanted to do was to... Um, I
0: thought you were in trouble after that game just quietly. Yeah. I thought it was going to come yeah. crashing down for a little bit
1: there, but yeah. Yeah, like, um, you know, um, that was one thing I really wanted to do was to, um, yeah, um, give back to my team and show them that, you know, I, I don't, I don't come like, don't crack under big games. And um, yeah, our edge had had a plan and we, we executed that plan uh, like what we wanted to do and, yeah, for me personally, I felt like that was my best game too. Defensively, coming out of our yardage carries, and you know, I felt like I was I was running really well coming out, and that that just uh, spiraled into my how I defended, and you know I just knew that every tackle I made, I had to make a statement. So, yeah, um, that actually had for me that was a platform for that game to go head into the grand final, which you know the rest is history. Mate,
0: we'll get to the grand final in a minute. I want you to take me back to the start of that season. Obviously, the Melbourne pre-seasons, they are known for just being hell on earth, essentially. You've gone from having a beer with a mate, not wanting to play footy, to walking into a Melbourne Storm pre-season. And I mean, it's a pre-season where they know Cameron Smith, it's his last few seasons. It's it's an opportunity that they know they can win a premiership this year. So I imagine it was pretty... Pretty full on. I remember you going on the army camp. Explain to me, you know, how was that? How were those few days?
1: Yeah, the the army camp was sort of like the, call it like your um, initiation to the storms. Sort of get put through this camp, and they say like you know, Bellyache knows someone three years, and he could tell you what sort of person you are, but you know in three days he, he will know what he will know in three years from you just by your habits how you are under pressure and how you are you know with less sleep and you know how hard do you work when no one's looking and, right, that was the hardest three days of my life I can tell you right now after that camp I did not sleep for a few days because I was rattled like proper like my body was like in pain like I had like I had like dreams about the camp, and I was getting up like sweating, like it was just like proper. Like I can't, I can't explain it, like how how bad it was. Like it was just like we, I didn't sleep for the three days. I only ate once, and like you had to write a whole um, paragraph on what the day's been like. like they, I, I didn't know that they read it. So if 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 you didn't write, you had like penalties, for not writing. <laughs> and, like the penalties were like planks while while you're you're explaining to them why you didn't write, you know, or, like, uh, push-up holds or, like, hand hand above the shoulder, like, holding a rock. It was just, like, proper, like, painful stuff. But that camp, it sort of, like, makes training easier, if it makes sense. Like, you sort of know there's harder things in life. So you sort of appreciate the way we train, even though it's, like, tough, but, you know, you've been through tougher. So you just sort of know that, oh man, I've I've handled the three days of worst pain I could feel. You know, this is a hard session, but I'm going to enjoy it and get the best out of this session because at the end of the day, it's going to help me perform better. And that's how like I started feeling after that camp. Like, not nothing really fazed me for a bit. There. Like, just that camp really really roughed me up and made me realise that you know there are harder things in life than playing footy and training, doing hard Melbourne training, but. The rest thing at Melbourne is pretty second second and none and mate, it's yeah it's hard to explain what we do, but yeah, it's tough mate.
0: Mate, without uh without putting you back into a straitjacket, uh what was the hardest point of that camp from your memory? Is there a moment that you remember that you were the closest to breaking point?
1: Yeah, they they, they walk you out to this like um paddock and they they put you at different points. You're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to fall asleep. You got to protect that tree, like it's your your guard. You got to guard the tree. And you know, um, when they when they walk up, you got to say a word, like who goes there to say that you're awake. And they're they're the enemies coming in. You got to protect the tree. Uh, I swear, I seen my mum. Eh, like I was just standing there, and it was like two o'clock in the morning, and they pick you up at like six in the morning. You just stand there the whole day, and I was just like, I was just hallucinating, and I was just like, honestly, I was like, "Fuck me, like, <laughs> what is this?" <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I actually got to the point where um, we had to do fifty push-ups at the end because one of the boys was falling asleep, and they noticed it, and like, I had tears in my eyes. Like, it's like, man, I I literally have nothing left. <laughs> like, nothing left you still found something because you know you get to the point where you think you have nothing left you'll find a bit more and that's what I found out about myself I was going fuck like finishing the camp the whole organization's at the front clapping you in it's like a initiation and everyone just hugs you and they sing a song and you, know, you just feel like you're welcomed and that's one thing I really liked about the storms is you know once they know you can do some hard things you know, they'll treat you with you know, respect and Mate, That's one thing I love in clubs.
0: Even in your wildest hallucinations, standing in front of that tree, could you imagine a grand final ring and an Origin debut within six months? Nah.
1: Honestly, um, so when Belichick told me uh, round one, he wasn't—he um, was going to go with um, Mario Seve—and he pulled me aside and he was just like, you know, um, yeah, like going to go with him and. Him, you know, he's done well, and he played good last year when he had his opportunities. And I was just like, yeah, like I just come down here on a train and trial deal, and I just signed a deal just to stay on in the top thirty. And I was like, all well with it. And me was he just said to me when we're walking away, he goes, mate, I'll tell you one thing, you'll play Origin. I promise. He goes, oh, you'll play Origin. And I like looked at him, and I wanted to laugh, but then I was just like, fuck, is he serious, like? Honestly, that made me hungry. Like when he said that, it just made me like, like I want to do whatever I can to be in this, you know, seventeen, because you know, fuck off. me like doesn't say that to randoms, you know. Like he he's seen something. And after the lockdown, when we got, when we got back after the six week break, and they played Raiders, and they got towed up by the the Raiders, um, he pulled me aside and he just asked me how I am mentally and feel like I'm ready to play first grade and I said, Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm ready. Like I actually trained in the six weeks break and I am ready to rock and roll. And yeah, he he sort of put a belief in me that, you know like first grade was meant to be and I didn't I didn't feel out of place playing first grade and obviously I got a few niggly injuries, like I did my Hammy twice. I broke my hand and that was sort of my downfall that I couldn't really stay on the field for like string a few games, thought sort of my downfall. But I just knew that every time I played, I I felt I didn't feel out of place. Like it was a weird feeling. I didn't feel out of place. It's because the the belief he stole on me and the training I did. I just knew that I was ready for it. Mate, in the same
0: conversation, he tells you you're not in the round one team. He tells you that you'll play Origin one day.
1: Far out! Unbelievable. Right. Yeah. So I walked away like. A bit upset, but I walked away in a sense of you know, like fuck. I, I was pretty hungry. Ow, mate! What, yeah, I, that's
0: unbelievable. I, I, I that's mate. I, I'm yeah. not sure if there's a greater compliment in rugby league than yeah. Craig Bellamy saying compliment. that
1: to you. <laughs> yeah, it's a back end compliment. But I tell you right now, like he he didn't say it in a sense of being sarcastic. He said it like dead stare, staring me in the eye. Just like fuck. C- like, can, can I
0: ask you, mate, how would your six weeks off during COVID, how would that have gone if he didn't say that to you? Did it spur you on more to go harder during that six weeks, knowing that, yes, I'm not in the round one team, I'm hungry, but I'm even hungrier because I know this bloke believes in me?
1: Like it, it honestly did, and I just felt like he believed in me that much that I didn't play Q cup when I was here. Like Obviously, the comp shut down, but game one and two, I was like 18th. 18th man 18th man and then um game 3 I, I was going to play and then the comp got shut down and then game 4 he played, he went with Maz again and then game oh no game yeah 3 got shut down and they played game 3 again he went with Maz and then round 4 against Rabados I made my debut I was just being like fuck like, but someone believing in me and I don't believe in myself what's that saying like <laughs> yeah
0: Mate, you've obviously made your fair share of club debuts over the years. Um, Was the Melbourne one a different feeling?
1: Yeah, it was pretty special sense of what this organisation have um, achieved, and all the great players that have worn worn the Melbourne Storm jersey. You know, um, the Greg Inglis, your Israel Folau's, David Kidwell's, your Steve Kearney's. You know, like all these legends of the club, like. Camera surf, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, Ryan Hoffman, you know, even Kevin Proctor, like these are all like quality players, and you're just like sitting here, like fuck, like, this is unreal. And to get my club jersey, I was actually, I was actually feeling like it was like a debut jersey because I was really like emotional. Eh? Like it was been a long time coming, but the journey that got me there from when I got told I wasn't wanted to getting that Melbourne Storm jersey, like they wanted me, it was special. It was a weird special,
0: but yeah. Spoke about the semi-final against Canberra. We both agree that's the best game of your career. You go from the best game of your career to the biggest game of your career. Grand final against the Penrith Panthers. Um, Obviously, you're coming up against their left edge. Luai, Kickout, Crichton, Mansour. Like, I'm getting nervous thinking about it. It was a huge task in front of you from a guy that had copped a bit of shit about his defense over the years. Coming yeah. off your best defensive game, what was your
1: feeling around the week? Actually, pretty surprising. Like the prelim and the grand final was probably the most relaxed I've ever been in my career. Just knowing that I've put in the hard work and you know, everything else is behind me. It's just about playing some footy. And at the end of the day, we just play footy because we love the sport and just want to have fun and nothing out there like leave no stones. No stones turned, but like, I oh, wanted to leave nothing at like wanted to leave nothing in the tank. And um third touch of the game, I actually got hit from um um Zayo. Zayo. Yep. He like hit me around my legs and I felt awkwardly on my uh left shoulder. Yeah. Hey fucking I was in all sorts, like it rattled me like I uh, like my whole I couldn't lift my left arm over my shoulder and um, my whole, my, I didn't let, um, the halfback or the, the winger Sully or Jerome know that my shoulder was fucked, but just like, fuck what? Like, I can't believe I'm in a grand final, the biggest game of my life. And my third carry, like 10 minutes in like, like my shoulders, fuck like proper. Like I couldn't lift it over my head and I thought it was a stinger, but it just didn't go away. And I went into half time and, um, cause I had all blood over my Jersey. I had to change my jersey, and as I went to lift my jersey, I was like, "Ah, like in pain." And the trainer goes, "What, what, what the fuck? What, what are you saying that?" And I was going, "Fuck my shoulder." And he goes, "Oh, do you want to eject?" It? And I said, "No, nah, like don't tell no one. Like don't even tell Belair because I can't fucking let people like try and protect me because I want them to do their own job." Um, yeah, fuck. I actually like to tackle off my right, in a sense of knowing that that's their best attacking edge and my halfback and uh, winger don't know that my shoulders fuck in the sense of you know if, if they ran up my left shoulder I didn't know if I could make the tackle or not Now for the game like I started crying it was just because of the relief of what we went through in the sense of a, good, a big game with one of their best attacking edges with a F left shoulder but it got me through until the end and And I think like big games like that is what it's all about, you know, like just doesn't matter like how skillful or how talented you are. It's, it's about like if you can play under pressure and, and defend well, you're not feeling right. And yeah, that's what it was all about after that game.
0: I met like it, it was no shock to me I'm sure it was no shock to you but you had to make 21 tackles they knew they were going to go at you and you yeah. held your own and mate I, I thought the bloke inside you Felice Cafusi I thought the number he did on Viliami kick out was unbelievable yeah. I think it's one of the one of the better grand final performances like one on one that no one seems yeah. to talk about
1: I think he's the best back row in the game mate hands down but, um I mean, Kenny Bromwich is Kenny Bromwich and, and Felice Confucio, you know, the back rowers in the game, like they work that hard and they make our edge so much better defensively because of how hard they work and how, the inside pressure they put in. Like, like you said, like no one does it, doesn't notice it, but you know, at the Storms, you know, we notice it and we can't thank them enough. And he even did that in the Origin, like he was unreal. The things he does, you know, is, it's second to none. and, People get big praises for making clean line breaks and flicking off guys, but you know, him to constantly put pressure on someone when he's when he's tired, but just to do all the time, take my hat off to you. You know, like you, you know, you've earned my respect, and I don't want to let you down because you know he just busts his ass for the team, and we get we get a ring.
0: Before you get the ring, there's nine minutes left. Jerome Hughes gets sent from the field. You're down to twelve. You're up by uh, off the top of my head, fourteen or sixteen around that mark. And yeah. mate, this is where the Melbourne Storm they just they do their very best work when it's stacked against you. You got twelve on the field against the best attacking team. You know we've probably seen since Melbourne in 2017. And mate, you guys just find a way. They score a couple of tries. Brandon Smith then goes on the field. You've got to defend. 30-odd seconds there with 11 blokes on the field, it, it's a fucking soccer team. Like, it's just... And and to me, that's where I was looking going, geez, this is where Cameron Smith is worth an absolute fortune.
1: Yeah. Well, look, that was an edge when drone went off. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn,
0: you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve
1: today. The weird thing is, we didn't worry or panic or swear. We just knew our structure to how we defended and we just stick to the structure if they're gonna beat us that's the right way like you know that's one thing that we wanted to do like we didn't want to beat ourselves even though you know Jerome went off for that 10 minutes we just sort of knew how we defended as a, as a team and what our jobs were and said it wasn't that hard defensively because we just played like scrambled footy and we defend like that at training all the time. Like we get someone off and we defend like that. So it wasn't like it wasn't too unfamiliar, but to thought in a grand final, you wouldn't have thought of it, but yeah, it just makes the, the grand final a bit more sweet right? <laughs> knowing that you know they can score tries from anywhere at any time with 13 plays. <laughs> Mate, with
0: all due respect to you, imagine if you would have been saying that to Branko Lee four years ago that you'd be playing in a grand final. There'd be two players short on the field and defensively you weren't panicked. It sounds unbelievable how far you've come yeah, in that Melbourne system.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That uh, that honestly just sums it up there in a nutshell. Um, it's a bit weird to, to pick like that, but um, yeah, that actually sums it up. Like you probably wouldn't probably laugh if you mentioned my name or that you can't, you can't defend right with 13. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just so grateful and glad I'm, I'm in the Storms organization that, you know, that really taught me how to play footy and I play footy, but how, how to be a consistent first grader, how to be professional. Um, coming down here, I, I don't think I was the most professional player, but, you know, I'm, I'm professional in a sense of, you know, routine and um, sleeping habits and eating habits and knowing that, you know, training starts on Monday if you want to perform on a Sunday. So for the day, like they're just real ultra professional and, Consistent on at your best.
0: The full time siren goes, you you know, you've won a premiership, you've done it at the Melbourne Storm. It was a year ago, close to the day when you were given a, a lifeline you and you swim. almost turned it down. Explain to me the emotions in that moment.
1: It was real really emotional. Like I was I actually was crying like I was at someone's funeral. It was just like just so overwhelmed and it just honestly felt like little weight come off my shoulder in the sense of I, I put so much pressure on myself but I felt like I just kept letting myself down, letting myself down and this year I finally didn't put any pressure on myself. I just wanted to um, do the little things right and let everything else take care of itself and you know, I get this result. He like said some of the greatest players of all time go through go an NRL crew without winning a grand final, let alone win an origin series and I did it I did it in a year at, at the Melbourne Storms and I just can't be thankful enough and I'm still pinching myself, man. I'm, I'm, I'm trying now to get back before Jan, Jan 11th. I just want to go back fit and ready to rock and roll. Like I don't want the, the opportunity this year to be let down, all my hard work that I put in. Still got, I still know that I've got another you know, few gears to go to be where I want to be as an elite centre but. You know, I'm really, I'm ready to put in the hard work and ready to go back into preseason under under another year with Belichick and learn a bit more and, and become a consistent uh, footy player.
0: Mate, tell me about uh, the celebrations after the grand final. I remember <clears throat> I, I spoke to you at probably oh, eleven thirty, maybe midnight after the grand final, and you were on absolute cloud nine. You were talking complete and utter gibberish. Yeah. Um, Mate, explain to me the next few days and, you know, leading obviously to the call from Wayne Bennett in Queensland, I, I just – just an absolute dream
1: for you. So um, we actually, like, party like <laughs> there was no tomorrow. <laughs> I remember getting back to sunny coast and it was, like, four in the morning. <laughs> we left we, we left at about, like, two, three o'clock, I think, and I was just like, fuck, like – it's almost sun up. Went for a shower. Went back straight into the the team room and kept going. I didn't go back to my room for another two days, and then um <laughs> had a little rest and had our one on one with the coaches about what, what what we think we need to improve on. And oh, of course, of course, the Melbourne yeah. Storm had a
0: one on one on what to improve at. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah.
1: And then um we we had our prezzo and we we got loose there and um. Yeah, went straight into Origin camp from there. But I actually didn't know that I was in the Origin camp. I found out when I had media. I walked into the media, and the guy from Fox, uh, from uh, from one of the papers, said, "Well, oh, congratulations, being in the, the 27-man Origin squad." I was just like, I "Was like, what do you want about man? he goes, "Oh, you're in the squad." And he showed me the squad. name. I was going, "Fuck!" Like. I actually got really emotional, but I didn't know. I didn't get no phone call, or no notifications. I just got told from the media guy I was in the squad. <laughs> hey, that's mate. It's
0: unbelievable. And I mean, yeah. <laughs> I guess the main storyline surrounding that is, of course, Munster calling the Queensland camp, saying, "Can I have a couple more days?" Did did you know he was doing that? Was that something he ran by you guys to see if you were keen to go in with him? What what was the go? I
1: think Munster just sort of was loving his time with cheese they, they obviously kept drinking after the Prezzo extended time and um, I th- I don't think he wanted to <laughs> wanted to leave because the boys were going to Byron but they were planning the Byron trip and we actually planned the Byron trip like as a draw like that was the plan like to go back to Byron because you weren't allowed back into Melbourne and, and we're allowed to do what everyone else was doing because we're still on lockdown and it just made it a bit more sweeter that we won and Everyone just jumped on board because the older boys sort of didn't want to go to Byron if we lost. But because we won, everyone ended up going to Byron. <laughs> I think I think Money just thought he let everyone down and the Queensland coaches said, mate, you can go there after we win the series. <laughs> so it was a bit weird in the sense of, you know, going again in Byron. Some of the Melbourne boys went back to Byron and Money went back down there to relive both Premiership and Series. <laughs>
0: Mate, obviously for me, you know my my memories of your grand final victory are the few things I remember are the t shirts you wore, uh, the ski mask, and just Munster yeah. dancing with that shield and Cheese Perfect. doing yeah. his speech. What's the behind beso- like? What's the behind the scenes memory that you have that'll stick with you forever from those celebrations? Um,
1: I just remember seeing the look on everyone's face, like even the, like the staff and even the family, like just the relief on. How hard the year's been being in a bubble, everyone doubting us, everyone counting us out, living out of a suitcase. Just just the seeing everyone's face and how happy everyone was was sort of I remember and what I really, you know, got emotional of because it was actually a tough year in a sense of you know, no one no one gave us any chance because we we're away from Melbourne and we didn't have a routine what we we usually do, but we made a routine and we made it work. And that was one thing that um, people didn't understand is the, how the families were affected by how how we were. And you know, everyone everyone's family became closer than ever. And um, sort of play, you had sense of prior to play for the mate next to you because you know who his kids are and who his you know wife and siblings are and you know who he stands for so you want to play for him even harder because you know you know you're you're not only playing for him but you're playing for his family and for who he stands for as a man so that's one thing that I really took out of the the celebrations and I'm just happy to see everyone celebrate and you know one thing that's for sure is that it didn't take 17 players it took a whole organization and the whole squad to win that um, premiership
0: as per your career, it's high, low, high, low, high, low. You you get caught in that Origins squad. I imagine one of the proudest moments of your career, coming off a grand final victory, and you're warming up for game one. You get ruled out at the last minute. And uh, I remember talking to you at halftime in that game, and I just I felt so sorry for you at that point. What was the yeah. emotions when the doc did rule you out?
1: So, um, I had my calf in the warm-up at school, Park. And and the captain's running. I went for a scan straight away, and it, everything was all clear, and everything was sweet. Like they they couldn't find nothing. And um, I just because the Melbourne physio was actually our physio at Queensland too, so he come on camp with us. And I just said to him, I said, mate, no, something doesn't really feel well. I, I can't walk properly. Like I got a limp, and when I take off, I could feel a sharp pain, like someone stabbing me all the time. Yeah, you know, he test me and he just said "Mate, we'll fly to Adelaide but we have to tr- warm up early because you can't get ruled out on the warm-up because that means we can't bring someone in because they they've know, they know you've done the injury in captain's run you haven't done them in the warm-up so we got to the stadium and I got dressed straight away and they because they needed to make a call before warm-up so they can bring someone in and my first like motion of running I could just feel it like stabbing me and I just said to him like mate like to mark Jackie Warren, I got to be at 100%. I can't be 80%. You know, he just come off a M year. He's on fire. I can't mark him 80%. Like I need to be 100% to go toe to toe with him. And it was it was a hard call, but I think it was a call that needed to be made. And I just remember going in and seeing Wayne Bennett, like seeing him, and I just like had tears. Like I was just sorry for you know what I've done, and I just felt like I let let the boys down because. You know, Phil Sammy come onto the wing, and he wasn't really training with us with the squad that week because we had our how we how we wanted to play and how we were training. And for him to come in last minute, I thought he did an outstanding job that game one. You know, for what him coming in late like that, and I was actually like, just I just had so much emotion in the sense of I just felt like I let a lot of people down, and just wanted me to get my calf right. And then game two, I sort of couldn't get it right again, like. He gave me every opportunity to get it right, and yeah, I just felt like after game two when I didn't play, I just felt like fuck. fuck am I meant to play for Queensland? Like that was going from headlock. Like,
0: Did you think you were going to play game three? Because like personally, I thought you were cactus. I didn't
1: think he was going to make changes. Yeah. yeah, like after game two when like because they gave me every opportunity to play again, and I I couldn't even get through my rehab, and yeah, I, I honestly. I went back to a room and I was just so down, like I didn't like hang out for anyone, I was just really away from everyone because I just felt like I just wasted, you know, the coach's time, the players' time and I just felt like I let a lot of people down and personally, I just felt, I just didn't think, you know, maybe I, I'm not, I'm not ready to play for Queensland or maybe I'm not meant to play for Queensland, like I just thought that's just the way footy is and it's what it is and I remember uh, losing, they lost game two. We got back to the uh, hotel and the next day we had a barbecue and a function on. He told me a sign. He said, How's your calf, man? I said, oh, it's It'll get better if I can keep working at it. And I just remember him telling me, What side do I want to play? And I said, oh, I'll play it right side. And he asked, Why? And I said, Because I've got a right hand thick, left hand fen. He goes, Right, if you get your calf right, mate, you're up there and I'll put gags to the other side. And straight away, like, I just did everything I could in my power to get my calf right, eh? Like, from that day, I was just, like, so, like, honoured that he told me that and so, like, grateful that he, you know, believed in me. And, yeah, I think that was one thing that I loved about Wayne is, you know, he made you, like what Money said, he made you feel seven-foot tall and just made you believe in yourself. Yeah, I just made sure I got my calf right and ready to go. And second half, I went to take a carry and I slipped and, Fucking went again, oh. and up yeah, and like the last ten minutes, I sort of was like limping, and I you know Alfie walked up, I uh, ran up to me and said, "You are right?" I said, "Yeah." yeah. Fucking calf's like my car I can't, I can't like take off. Like. He just said, "How's how do you think you're going to defend?" I said, "I'll try my best." And um, I remember t- making a tackle on Jack, and then the next set they just called me off and they put k Paul back in the centers and Jaden into the back row and. I was just so down on myself because I just I I did everything I could for me to play that whole game and play at my best, but you know, my body just wouldn't let me go. Like I just felt like my body was telling me that, you know, your years like, you know, sorta of done, like you need to have a break. Like it was just so weird in the sense of I've never felt like that, like my body like fully like broken down on me.
0: <laughs> Mate, unbelievable. And I mean like the the fact that you've come back from those injuries, you've got a spot. It's a decider. It's in Suncourt, mate. Just the cherry on top. You make your debut next to your cousin, also making his debut. Like, but yeah. you're, you're living in a Walt Disney film over there. It's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's something that um. Yeah, I was just telling my cousin that we got to keep pinching ourselves because you know, we both got let go from Canberra, and he got let go from Sharks, and then up at Newcastle, and I've, I found a few clubs and. Yeah, we're, we're debuting against each other in one of the biggest games in Queensland history,
0: a decider. Mate, obviously, Cameron Munster, you know, we all remember legendary players for moments, and he had that moment in that game where he what he kicked the ball three times in about 15 seconds, and the last kick, it comes out to you, it takes the bounce oh, from hell. And I remember mate. watching it going, oh, my God, he's just – he's knocked that on for sure. And then Edrick yeah. picked it up and scored, and – Mate, you must have been nervous watching that replay because that could have gone either
1: way, couldn't it? Mate, like, when that ball came, I was going to... Uh, my first instinct was to cash on the floor but I just thought, no, nah, let it bounce. I've got plenty of time. Just just let it, let it bounce, you know? You just go with the flow. And I've never seen a football bounce like that before. <laughs> Mate, that was the rudest and most ugliest bounce I've ever seen in my life. And... In the sense of as I went to go get it, I sort of started pulling away from it because I knew, you know, Edric was behind me, but I still touched my hand. Like you said, I was like it was heart and mouth situation when the replay was gone and he played it like three times and I said if they play it one more time it's a knock on. And they didn't play it the, the fourth or fifth time and they end up rewarding it as a try and I was going, Fuck me, like <laughs> that actually like could have come to a point where we it was a you know, situation where we needed that try to win a game.
0: <laughs> mate, it was one of those crazy situations where you pretty much had too much space and too much time. Yeah, like, time. Monster was yeah. too good. It was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, like, even, like, um, Money was a bit upset. He goes, fuck, I need to get that kick kick on point. But I just said, mate, it was, like, you have just never seen a football bounce like that. Like, it was, it was just a, a weird bounce. Like, honestly, like, I think the bounce... I've never seen a football bounce like that before in my life. I swear to God. Oh, mate. Josh, <laughs> but it's a football. It, oh. It's a football. It ba- <laughs> footballs bounce weird. Hold up.